It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 430 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I have a great interview with creator Dan Walters from the intense and scary indie comic The Devil Within. We talk about how the series came to be, who the characters are, including just who The Devil Within is, and what kinds of things we can expect from this six-issue horror series. We talk about the main characters in the book, including Adam, his friend Hector, named Hex, and Desiree, who goes by Des. And they experience a life-changing supernatural event. The third issue has just come out on Comixology, so be sure to go there and look for The Devil Within there. They also have the first two issues, but you can also check out the website, which is devilwithincomic.com. I find anything to do with the supernatural somewhat scary, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy what Dan has to say. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome to the podcast, Dan Walters, the creative force behind The Devil Within, which is a series I ran into a while back at a convention. And issue number three is on the way, if not already out. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, Wayne. How are you? It's good to talk with you. I, do you remember which con it was I saw you at? Yeah, we met at uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte. Okay, gotcha. Okay, because after a while, I've been so many, you yeah. know, I, they start to blend together, and I just can't remember them anymore. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing this book, and I'm, I'm very interested in it. And uh, now what's the situation now? Issue three is coming out, has come out. What's the story with that? Yeah, so so issue three is coming out on um, April 15th, Wednesday, digitally. Um, what we did was we had a Kickstarter to fund the printing of issue three back in January. It actually started at the first of the year and uh, we were successfully funded through Kickstarter. But unfortunately with all basically most of the affordable printing presses being in China, once the COVID-19 hit China, everything was delayed. Um, so the actual print of issue number three right now, as, as we speak is still trying to clear customs to get in. So the actual print has been delayed, but we decided that it, it's just better just to release it digitally to give the backers the chance to read the book. And if they want to wait for the printed, that's fine. But those that, that just backed it digitally, we wanted to no longer delay it if we didn't have to. Yeah, I don't blame you because uh, the important thing is to get it out there so people can read it. And, you know, right now, of course, we're in the middle of the quarantine and all those good things with uh, coronavirus. But it's, it's really interesting because some people are releasing stuff digitally, some are not. Mm -hmm. There's a big debate going on as to whether one should or not. And I'm always going like, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think it's the same group that buy. I buy digital when I can't get paper. Right, right. That's what I do. But uh, some people buy digital all the time and some stores are thinking that digital is going to replace them. And I'm like, I don't think so, but I mean, it's really out. interesting, especially with the whole dilemma that's going on with diamond right now um, with them basically delaying any type of payment or any type of distribution to the, the specialty stores and things like that. Um, I've seen a lot of, of more of the independent publishers just trying to do their own uh, essentially direct market approach to it. So it, I think it's it has become uh with people trying to adapt to the situation it's become more of a we're just we're going to try to get get the content out there any any way that we can essentially. Mm -hmm. Well I I think that's the way to go to be honest with you cuz I don't know what kind of a world is going to be when things open up again. I I I have I've written columns at the major spoilers about that I I don't know if we should go back the way we were. 
but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's all this up in the air. It is. It is. And it's, it's very interesting because uh, it, uh, for those of you, for those, there are certain people that this is a great opportunity for them to essentially come up with a new kind of business, a new type of business, a new way of doing business. So that's very exciting, but it's also very scary for those that, you know, really rely on the way that things were that are going to be displaced by everything that happened. So it's, it's a really kind of catch 22 for the, for the whole comic industry right now. Now, does the devil within come out through diamond? It does not come out through diamond. Um, that was one thing that I was looking into when I first started the series. Um, this is my first, the devil within is my first comic book series. This was my first introduction into creating comics and it was really interesting going from somebody um, – I have a, a more of a writing background. I've written some television scripts before, but I always loved comics. So this was my my attempt to to dive into the world of comics. And the, the interesting thing that I found when I first got into it was that there really is no blueprint as to how to do any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was at first really frustrating, but then eventually became really liberating at the same time. Um, and one of the things I did look into was going through Diamond for distribution. But when doing that, it really dawned upon me that I wouldn't have the the revenue source to do that. It, it, it would require more, not necessarily in the actual cost of producing a book, but just in the the advertising uh, is just a whole separate budget when you're going through someone like Diamond just to try to stand out from the crowd. So I made the decision to instead focus my my funds more on the con circuit and things that are going to be more of an in-person, try to build that uh, you know ground-up fan base for the book. I have to tell you, you're not alone in that. I don't know if you've ever heard of Henri Kampen, who does a book called Yi Soon Shin. It's about like a, a Korean general. The title he- sounds familiar to me, yeah. He goes to a lot of cons. I, I, this is how I, well, actually, I met him in a different way, but I see him at a lot of conventions and mm. he does not go through diamond. He was basically figured that he couldn't do it that way. And so he has gone through conventions and you know, he does online and stuff like that. He actually sent me his first book out of the blue. I, I had no idea who he was. And then he sent me a the thing. I, I loved the book. I thought it was great. And I enjoyed your book too. See, I used to go to cons to buy action figures and I spent hundreds of dollars on <laughs> yeah. this stuff. But now I go to conventions. And I look for books like yours. I want to see something that's different and it's interesting and engaging. And that's what I thought about your book. When oh, I really yeah. got well, we, you know, for, for all, all the independent creators out there, we appreciate people like you that are, are willing to take the chance uh, you know, on uh, essentially a homemade project of somebody who's, you know, put in their own time, their own money, you know, they're they're living and dying by what they can make at the convention. So anyone who's willing to give, you know, people like me, independent creators a shot to take a look at their titles, it, it, we appreciate the heck out of that for sure. It's amazing to me how many really great titles are out there that that people just don't know about. And that's really the purpose of this podcast is to get the word out about things that I think that I come across that people should know about or should know more about. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I'm, I'm anxious to talk with you about The Devil Within because I just think it's a, it's a really different book. I On so many levels, it gets me. Now, before we get into all that stuff, why don't you tell people what The Devil Within is about? Sure. Um, yeah. So The Devil Within is going to be a six-issue series. Uh, like we had mentioned, we're just releasing issue number three now. So we're about halfway, exactly halfway through once this book comes out. And The Devil Within is a story about three teenagers who go on a ghost hunt. And when they go on a ghost hunt to this abandoned farmhouse, they find in it that there was this like hidden room with this ancient skull in it. And our main character, Adam, who is kind of the more skeptical, more timid of, of, of the group, touches the skull he releases a demon and becomes possessed by a demon. So the series essentially follows Adam and his friends while Adam is dealing with the fact that he has, he is now has this demon in his life that tells him things that he really shouldn't know about his friends, his family. He uses supernatural powers without Adam's consent and it gets him into a lot of trouble. But at the same time, the demon acts as sort of a guide for Adam uh, kind of uh, the way that I usually uh, uh, tell people about it, it's kind of like a messed up Jiminy Cricket type of character 
where the demon tells Adam things that are true, but are not necessarily, not necessarily the things he wants to hear. See, that's one of the things about this book that really got me, you know, because the common perception of the devil is that he's quite a liar mm-hmm. and he tells lies all the time and stuff like that. That's not the case with this one. And granted, as you read the book, you find out that this person, this devil, does he have a name? I, I forget if he has a name. He, the name has not been revealed as of yet of, okay, of, of the demon. Yeah. So anyway, th- this is the, the devil as we're dealing with now. But he is not necessarily in either camp, shall we say, that he has kind of struck out on his own and created his own group and stuff like that. But the stuff that you said, just that I remember that grabbed me. I was so surprised when – this devil, instead of lying, actually tells the truth all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing is that with with this particular character, I mean, you find out, especially in book two, you find out pretty quickly that the demon, though he is um, though he is giving Adam the truth, he does have his own agenda. Um, you find when in, in issue number two, it kind of goes through the, the demon's backstory. And when you're, if you look at that, you can kind of tell where, what, what he actually wants, but at the same time, he has to coexist with Adam, who is, uh, for lack of a better term, the host. He is, he's in Adam's body. He's able to communicate with Adam, but he has no control over Adam unless Adam allows him to take control. So while he's there to, basically fulfill his own agenda he still has to look out for adam because he is essentially what he's trapped in now instead of a skull he's inside this teenager's body are we going to find out how he got to be in that skull at some point yeah so the 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 interesting thing that i that i loved uh, that i wanted to do with this particular series was that the first three pages of every book is a backstory um it's a little snippet of a backstory to you'll find out what exactly happened to the demon, why he got into the skull and how the skull got into the house of where Adam found it. So it's kind of a a trick that I picked up with doing a lot of TV writing is usually uh, in some TV shows, there'll be like a, what they call a cold open where they'll give you a little bit of story that doesn't necessarily pertain to the episode, but builds out throughout the series. So that's something I really wanted to do with this book. I have a friend of mine who's a TV writer, and he tells me that sort of stuff. If somebody has that big, you know, uh, hang or uh, uh, I don't know what the, the word is, the proper word, you get to the end, and it's a big surprise. And when mm. you get to the next chapter in it, don't start right where that ended. Do something else. Right, yes. So it keeps people guessing, you know, as you go along. That's the thing that you're doing with that. Each of the books – it's such interesting stuff. I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the the devil because it, it, it's in this. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't have a mouth that no. I can see. Yeah, he doesn't have a mouth, but he's and and part of that is um, he's portrayed in in Adam's life as kind of this shadow character uh, because he his essence is essentially inside Adam the entire time. He is projecting himself into Adam's world. So he doesn't need a mouth to communicate with Adam because it's all inside of Adam's head, the dialogue that he says to Adam, everything like that. But when you're looking at it on the page, he is in the scene as kind of a a shadow character. And I think the design of the character I had given um, Henry, who's the artist of the book, who does a phenomenal job. Um, when I was describing this character to Henry, I had mentioned that it's kind of a shadow demon. And I specifically said he doesn't have a mouth because I thought that, A, it 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 portrays that the communication is all happening inside of Adam's head a lot better. But it also makes him a lot scarier, too, because if you don't see the mouth, there's like a lack of emotion there that really kind of gives this kind of creepy vibe to this demon character that I really, really was trying to portray throughout the, the whole book. Another interesting thing too, is that when he speaks or he sends his thoughts, it's reversed to what people are speaking. You know, it's just like normal voice, you know, bubbles are white with black text. Mm-hmm. When he talks, it's not necessarily a round bubble, but it's kind of fragmented a little bit and it's reversed. There's black with white text on it. Yeah, that was a, a conscious decision that I made. Um, I actually decided to do the lettering on the book myself. 
uh, for a couple of reasons, budgetary wise being one of them, but also um, I wanted to have another chance to do editing on the book. So when I got the pages back from Henry, um, it, it what I had written out there may have been there, but he also is very invested in the book as well. So he may have taken liberties on on panel size or placement of things that may be a little bit different than how I had imagined them or had written them. So just being able to do the lettering myself allowed me to 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 have more of a creative back and forth with Henry, which I think makes the book so much better when you're able to do something like that as a collaborative effort. But as far as the actual bubbles go, I wanted to make it so that when you know that Adam is possessed by the demon, Adam's bubbles also turn into the the black bubbles with the white border and kind of uh, jagged as well. So it also lets you know who's in control of Adam at the same time. So it's a, it's a great visual reference in that you know who's basically in charge of Adam's body when they speak, but it also adds to that sort of darker uh, demonic feel to the character. Now, I, I always tell people, I, I, I'm fascinated by biblical stuff. The, this book haunts me, I have to say. It's, I, part of me wants to think, it, it, it hopes this is not a real story. This is something you have imagined, and it's mm. not you transcribing what's really happened. But I fear that it is that way. Oh. <laughs> it's scary as can be. I mean, you know, I... There's, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there sure. are some times that I, I, I there's times I want to laugh and times I want to cry. Right. Yes. In this book, there's 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 one scene, and I won't want to elaborate too much on it. But uh, Adam is sitting on a sofa with somebody. Ah, uh, yes, yes, okay. And, and the, the the devil is in between. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to laugh like crazy, but if you listen to what the devil is saying, mm. it's awful scary stuff. I mean, I. Yeah, again, he's he's telling the truth. That's the the worst part of it. If he would lie, I would feel more comfortable. You would feel more exactly, and that really adds to the tension of of the, of every situation that Adam's put in, where the demon is telling him things that he really shouldn't know about, because you know, or at least you have the feeling that the he is telling the truth to Adam, and later it gets proven that yes, this is the truth as to what's happening to the situation. Anytime that demon appears on the page, I I want that sinking feeling in your stomach, being like, "Oh no, like this is not, this is not anything that's either good nor, I mean, really that helpful." Except that it allows Adam to to really see what's happening in his life. And and when the demon speaks, even through Adam, he still tells the truth to people. Yes. He, mm -hmm. he tells people exactly what they are, who they are. Mm -hmm. You're just this and you're just that. And I and I won't say who he's talking to, but mm -hmm. he says a couple of times he tells one of uh, Adam's friends something. And I just sat there and I looked at it and I was like, oh, if somebody said that to me, I'd be – I'd be going like, what? And then there's another character who comes in and out occasionally and he gets told what yes, he is. Yeah. And I just – I'm sitting there going like, oh, my gosh. You know, honestly, this would make a tremendous Halloween-style movie. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Oh, gosh. It's just – it scares the heck out of me. I was just thinking you should release it, the collected edition for Halloween weekend or something like that. Yeah. We, I mean, we do plan once the whole six are out to, to do a, a big basically trade paperback of the thing. And uh, I'll probably end up doing like a hardcover edition or something like that. But I, I absolutely love – the idea of, of putting it out on Halloween because actually issue number one, when it first came out, we did a Kickstarter in July and was able to get it to people right like the week before Halloween. So it was really special to be able to to give, you know, the first uh, issue of this of essentially this horror story to people right when they're right when they're in the prime mood for it. So, oh, God, it's very I, exciting. I, scheduling is a big thing. And I've often told the story, you know, uh, uh, Klaus which is about Santa Claus, mm -hmm. basically. It was released in December, but it was a like a six or seven issue miniseries. And so the end came in the middle of the summer. And I was going, I wonder how many people are still buying this book. Right, right. In the middle of the summer, because, you know, I, I, Christmas stuff, but by then people are moved past Christmas onto other stuff. We're not ready for the next one yet. Mm -hmm. So I think that the 
horror you can do any time of the year, to be honest with you. There's there's no indication this is happening around Halloween, at least not that I saw. So, no, I mean, it, as far as the setting, it is kind of an arbitrary time. I mean, there's no snow, but yet everybody's kind of dressed warmly kind of it, it is more of a fall i guess feel but there's no there's no falling leaves or anything like that to really indicate like a real time period to it and i think that was uh, either a conscious or subconscious choice just to have it j- just so that anybody could pick it up at any time and have it be relatable to 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 whenever they want to read it because mm-hmm. it could be cold but not necessarily winter because right. sometimes falls really cold or the, like we're just going through the spring. Sometimes there are spring days that are really cold. And so, yeah, I really get a sense. This could really be any time of the year. So, so it's just not, now I, there's a couple of interesting choices that you made as far as the book, the artwork is black and white as mm-hmm. opposed to color. Yes. Was that intentional? I always have to ask, you know, there's real life concerns about cost of things and doing black and white can cut the cost, but, it's also an artistic choice in that, you know, like the, the shades of gray and stuff, sometimes more powerful than all mm. the colors being employed. So was it a, a combination of both? Was there a reason why you went that way? Uh, it was really a combination of both. Um, I had, I had initially always intended on it to be black and white, but then when I solic- when I put out the ad for artists, because essentially that's how this started was I wrote the first script for the for the uh, first issue and then tried to find an artist to do to do the issue. And when people when artists were starting to send in their work and there were a bunch of hundreds and hundreds of emails to go through of of artists looking for work. And it was really difficult to to narrow down to the one that I actually did pick. But um, it became very clear after receiving some of these resumes and some of these prices that it's a good thing I wanted black and white because that was all I was going to be able to afford because uh, it was it was astronomically more to do it in color. But I I'm glad we did. It plays so much better to more of a classic horror movie, classic horror vibe. It really plays to that um, kind of like the exorcist type of feel that we're going for it. Um, just really that kind of gritty uh, gray tones, which Henry does such a great job with distinguishing between the gray tone to give depth on the pages. And it, it, he just does a, such a phenomenal work in black and white that there really is no need for color. Well, that said, now the cover for issue three is color. Yeah, uh, all the issues uh, do have colored covers, um, which I was another conscious decision. It was something that we did. I did have to spend more money on, but it was definitely worth it because the colored image is more of an eye catcher for someone like yourself who may be walking through, through a convention who wants to look and stop and, and see something. You see a bright skull, which is on the cover of issue number one. It's going to grab your attention. If that was in black and white, you may pass it by. So having the cover in color, was was definitely an intentional thing to get people to look at it more closely. Mm-hmm. Now, the question I got asked too is: I always ask people this: is the characters that you've developed are they based on people you know? Are they purely from your imagination? How did you decide? Where did Adam come from? Of course, the name Adam in a series like this harkens back to Adam and Eve and stuff like that. So it's an right, interesting yes. of name. Was the character based on people you know, or the characters? That, did you choose that, or were these completely people you made up? Um, a couple. It's kind of a combination of 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 both because uh, Adam's the main character and Adam is a lot like myself in that he is more of a, more of a timid guy, more of a kind of, he's, he's definitely more laid back than his other two friends, Des and Hex in the series. Um, But he's also not like me as well, where he has more of a, He's more of like a follower. He's not really uh, that much of a go-getter. He's, he kind of goes with the flow a little bit. And and I find myself put, finding that with, with a lot of these characters is that there's bit, bits and pieces of myself. And there's also bits and pieces of, of people that I know as well. Um, like the character of Dez is very much modeled after somebody that I know, but then also taken to more of an extreme as well. So there's definitely hints of reality within all these characters. And I think that helps with the depth of the characters, because if I'm writing a certain character, I'm able to 
look at the person that inspired me and say, what would they do in this situation? And how can I relate that to this fictional character that I've made up as well? So it's definitely a combination of both for sure. See, it's so interesting because in the first book, the way things come to pass, Adam is a bystander, more or less. Right. If Hex had gotten the devil into him, he would have been thrilled. He would have loved that. Yeah. (laughs) And instead, who gets it but the standby guy gets it. Right. And, and, you know, and Hex, I'm sure, is kind of like, oh, my gosh, what happened? I would have loved that. Right. But, but see, I I honestly think sometimes, if we're going to talk about the devil and stuff like that, sometimes the devil already has the one who's really interested in getting that. What he's interested at this point is getting somebody who's on the fence. That's what I came away with. And I thought that was such an interesting choice to have Hex so interested in all this. And yet it was Adam who got that. I just thought that was so fascinating. Yes, and it definitely helps because Adam is the type of character who can be manipulated. He is the type of character, you know, you tell him the truth a few times and then, you know, he's going to believe you. He's going to trust you. He's going to let you take over more. And that's what we're going to see further down the line is that 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 honesty that the that the devil has built up with Adam is going to allow Adam to trust him more, thusly giving up more control to the demon later on. See, that's that's another scary part of this. I mean, the the demon is always saying to him, "If you just let me do stuff, I could do things so much easier." Mm-hmm. And I'm literally looking at the page, going, "Don't do it! Don't right. do it!" <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't told you what he would do. Number mm. one, so you don't know what it is. It's going to be easier about it. Mm. And number two, I I am not convinced that's the thing that Adam ought to do. To be right. frank, so this I'm I'm sitting there just literally screaming at the page, "No, no, don't do it!" Because <laughs> it's just a you know. Uh, and of course, as time goes along, of course, he can't go through all six issues without us finding out what it is he had in mind. And I think we're going to find out very shortly what's going on. Yes. So, so it, it'll become very apparent uh, if not in the next issue, the following issue, definitely before the end, what the demon has in mind, what his overall goal is, what his plan is and why, and how Adam fits into, into his entire plan. Um, it is also interesting at the, I don't want to give too much of a spoiler away, but at the end of issue number three, um, you're going to find uh, that there is going to be an antagonist to Adam. So things from this point on are really going to start to build up. Uh, the consequences are going to build up. Everything is going to build up to a, a pretty big finale. So I'm very excited that this is kind of the, um, the, the, we're really revving up at this point with, with issue number three. So it, it, it's getting to a very exciting place for me. It's so interesting to me to, to watch things as they move forward because there are certain things I'm kind of glad about. And, you know, I'm going, oh, well, that's kind of cool. But then on the other hand, I'm going like, wait a minute. You know, because let's just say Adam's mother is an mm-hmm. important part of the story. Yes. And she talks to Adam at some point about something that she wants to have happen. Mm-hmm. And let's just say it doesn't work out well. Right. Yes. <laughs> More than that, I won't say. But I just, I'm just sitting reading this thing going like, oh, my gosh. You know, and the, the bad news again, of course, is when he's there and, of course, the demon understands everybody. You know, he can obviously is an observer of everything going on around him. Mm-hmm. And he's telling Adam again. He's telling stuff that's true. And I'm just like. God, you know, I, 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 for a guy with no mouth, he talks a lot. Right. <laughs> and I'm always feel like saying to him, I wish he would shut up at some point because he's just saying these true things that just drive me crazy. But like I said, this, this he, again, when the, when the stuff with the mother's going on, he is saying stuff about the mother. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that's, <laughs> that was such an interesting thing to write because, I mean, we all, all, all of us have things that, you know, for, for, for some of us, uh, at least, our parents' past and what our parents do is a huge mystery to a lot of us. We don't really understand, like, w- who our parents were, what they went through, what they were thinking at certain periods of time. And most of us, to be perfectly honest, don't really want to know. Uh, that's, you know, it, it changes your perception of who you think certain people are when you learn 
about their past or what they've done or, you know, or in, in the case of the demon, what they may do in the future. So it, it's it for Adam to learn certain things about his mother, uh, his mother's relationship with his father. It really messes Adam up to kind of shatters his illusion to who his mother is. And that's really playing into uh, what you're referring to as the scene in issue number three. Now, I, I've got to talk, of course, you're mentioning parents. We get to see uh, Hex's parents and also Dez's parents. Mm-hmm. And yes. That, again, there are revelations going on all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing the demon does, he doesn't like things to sit still for very long. Right, yes. It's something I've noticed. And he just is constantly stirring the pot, mm-hmm. you know. And he says, he manages to find the, the, the worst things to say. It's not that he's... You know, I, I always thought the truth would be kind, but truth is not kind when he gives it. He's he's telling people stuff that um, <laughs> that I, I I literally just sit there and go, oh my gosh, you know, I there would be times when he would, I, I just kind of wish he would, and, and he's often been told by Adam. Adam says, just stop, right? Don't, yes, don't yes, do that. <laughs> and so I, I'm I'm with him on that point. I'm sitting there going like. I wish he would listen, but he doesn't. He's got more to say whenever whenever that comes and hits. Right. And that's the thing is that even though the demon is telling the truth on every, uh, on essentially everything, he is telling the truth. He is telling a selected truth. I mean, he is telling the worst of the worst about people. And yes, they are. It is the truth. But he is also not saying nice truths either. So it is still while he is telling the truth, it is still very manipulative of Adam to, to get him to think certain ways about the people in his life to possibly make him start to distrust those people to maybe start trusting the demon more. So it, it's definitely a, a, a strategic truth that the yeah, demon that, is playing. That You used the word I was going to say, manipulating. Mm-hmm. He's saying things, even when visually he's like hunched over and his head is leaning forward. Like, I think he's trying to look sort of non combative or non threatening or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Even when he's doing that, he's still manipulating Adam terribly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a teenager. And of course he's easily manip- manipulated as time goes through. And I just, I, you know, like I said, we, we've come, there's a certain point in the book at which we get, to, we're going to get to see now what the demon has in mind. And I just am sure it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be something. So, I, of course, yeah, which it, leads it's, to the it's, next he question. He definitely has his own plans for sure. <laughs> yeah. With Lisa, the question uh, issue three is coming out right now. Granted, this is probably, you know, real life gets in the way of comics. Sometimes, do you have any idea when four is going to start to to surface? Uh, well, initially, we wanted to release four before the end of the year. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Um, I, essentially, the way that I've been doing these books is that we've been doing uh, Kickstarters to fund the printing of the book. So, any type of Kickstarter you see from the Devil Within is just to get the funding to send the book to the printer. I still have to pay Henry for his amazing artwork that he does for the book, which I typically rely on earnings from comic book conventions. Mm. Um, this oh. year, unfortunately, mm. uh, seems like that's out of the question. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really going to be uh, depending on hopefully we're, we're moving more to um, an online business. So hopefully we get uh, a lot of funding through the online business. And then also, you know, I'm going to I'm going to have to pitch in from, you know, my own personal funds and things of that nature to to keep this thing going. But uh, I can I can absolutely guarantee issue four will happen. Um, I don't know if it will happen this year, unfortunately, with all the circumstances and the time it takes to to make the book and everything like that. But if not, it would definitely be early 2021. Um but there, it it just really kind of depends on everything. Everything's kind of up in the air at this point, as yeah. to as to what what's going to happen. See, I normally tell people, you know, don't worry, we'll wait. But you know, when it's ready, we'll we'll be here. But but I, I kind of want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to know what's going to happen next. I I I I, I, I and you know. I, I, 
honestly, in the comic business, sometimes people just sort of drift in and out. It's what have you done for me lately kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I think with the situation we're in right now, which is very unique, I think that people, I'm trying really hard to stay onto the books that I think are really worth keeping and worth keeping up with. So I think this is one of those books. I, uh, you know, I, I, I realize I have to be patient with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I can be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I really, appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a gripping story. I mean, I am, I'm scared. Like I said, all the times I'm laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, the, the whole thing is the, the great thing about it is, and I'm an experienced comic reader. I like to say, I've been reading comics for decades. I have no idea what you're going to do next. And I, that's, oh, that's for great. Me, <laughs> You don't know for me what a pleasure that is. I can normally say, oh, okay, here's where Superman throws this that way. And, uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. and I get to the end of the issue, and the end of the issue is usually the cover kind of stuff. And I and I always go, yeah, yeah, I knew that was coming. I saw I read the cover. But with your book, I don't know what you have in mind. I honestly don't know. So I, I think that that is something to, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about. But on the other hand, I, I want to know. Right. So, <laughs> So I'm going to be paying attention to it. And I was thinking, I don't know if you want to think about Patreon, if that um, might help. It, it, it may. I, I, I'm kind of weary about Patreon just because I don't I, like I'm I'm certainly somebody who my reputation as as somebody who gives people their money's worth is very, very important to me. Um, this these books are. If you get the actual physical copies of them, they're printed on very high quality paper, um, better than than the standards that you get from the big two on, done on purpose. Because if you're if you're going to spend money on something that I created, I want to make sure that it is an experience that you will enjoy. That is something that you think that you're getting your money's worth to do so. And the thing with Patreon is I don't I don't want to have to sacrifice quality mm-hmm. for certain things mm-hmm. just to be able to fulfill you know whatever whatever that quote is for the month or, or specialty item or, or whatever the case may be uh, it's definitely something i would love to do i would love to have the additional funding but at the same time i don't want to have to sacrifice integrity for it yeah i understand i believe it, it's better to have it come out when it's ready than mm-hmm. to have all the stuff get in the way of actually making the comic which some people do, they get, they get lost and they're so busy making, I, I know people who have done things and they're so busy with the specialty items that they can't work on the book. Right. And I keep saying, you know, get somebody else to do the specialty items, you know, you can mm-hmm. do that and let them, you know, share in some of the profits or something, but don't get, they don't lose sight of the comic, you know, not now speaking of specialty items, of course, on your website, which is devilwithincomic.com. That's right. You've got a couple of specialty items, speaking of which. You've got a couple of po- – three posters that I can see and a hat. A uh, – what do you call those? The, the, like a beanie-style hat. Is the, yeah. Call it. yeah. It has the, the logo on it, which is really good. And, of course, you've got a foil-stamped cover for number one, which mm-hmm. is cool. All kinds of – you can get the issues there. And as you told me before, one and two are on Comixology. And I guess by the time this post, number three will be out there on Comixology. Yep, number three will be on Comixology as well. And actually, um, the same day that we're launching the digital release on um, on April 15th, on our website, we're going to upload or at least make available a bunch of new items as well. Um, before all this COVID-19 happened, we had scheduled quite a few different comic book conventions that have been canceled or postponed or whatever the case may be. And we made a T-shirt that was going to be specific for the comic book conventions that we're now going to put on the website for anybody to get. So that will be available um, that Wednesday as well, along with you can pre-order the physical copy of issue number three. And we also did a variant cover for issue number three on the Kickstarter that'll be available for pre-order on the store as well, um, which is an amazing cover done by this fantastic portrait artist that I actually met at the same Comic-Con at Heroes Convention, uh, Gus Mock, who is actually just got uh, a book picked up by IDW that'll be coming out relatively soon, I think. I, he hasn't released all the details on it, but uh, he did a cover for me, and it is fantastic. And that will be available on the website as well, along with a few other uh, specialty items that we're going to have up there. It's got to work to beat that number one cover, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> that number one cover, cover is spooky. I always like to say that art is what draws people in. It's the story that keeps you coming back for more. Mm-hmm. And that, that cover, I think, I, if I remember correctly, I was walking and I saw that cover. And I said, whoa, what the heck is that? And it's, it's what the cover is, of course, for you, this is an audio podcast. This is a picture of that skull that we've talked about. Yes. And it's on there. And the mouth is wide open like it's screaming. And the eyes have two little dots and right. slots there. So let's just say it's uh, – one of the things I always say when because I work in public relations too is the fact that so many people want to do things that are – uh, impersonal. Uh, there was a, a, a hospital manual, for example. Everything was hands. They wanted to be like helping hands. But when I read the the manual, I came away feeling really cold. There was no faces on it. Mm. You couldn't see anybody. All I saw were these disembodied hands holding things and moving things and giving shots and stuff. And I kind of thought like, ooh, it feels a little creepy actually right and but the thing to me is i always think faces matter and this is a case where you've taken the face thing and <laughs> used it to great effect yeah uh, it, it's interesting when the f- when we were discussing the first cover with me and henry we actually like i i'm somebody who as much as i have my own ideas i'm open to all ideas uh when it comes to the project i, I want it just to be the best project it can be and so when i I had an idea of what I wanted the cover to be, which was having the skull on the cover. But I told Henry, just do what you think is right first and we'll, you know, just just pitch me what you think is best for the book. And the first thing he sends me is the skull cover. And I we and I was like, we're perfect. We're on the same page. It's it's such a dramatic image. And then also, like you had mentioned, we did a foil stamp of that skull. Uh, as a limited edition for the first cover as well. So having a foil-stamped version of that skull that just gleams in the light is just, it's fantastic to look at. It looks like he's, the death skull is going, hey, you! Yes. <laughs> come over here. <laughs> so I stopped and looked at it, Chris. Having the two little dots in the eyes are perfect because it just looks like, like the skull is looking at you. It's yes, like, it, it symbolizes the demon that's trapped inside that's, yeah, yeah. that's going to... Uh, you know, eventually come out during that issue. You can't avoid it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what I saw. It. I was just like, what is that? You know, kind of stuff. So it's really well done. I mean, the, this is one of those books. And I, I'm not usually a big fan of the devil, to be honest with you. Mm, I, I, okay. I, I, I was in a movie and there was a vampire. I can't remember what it was. And there, this one girl who was absolutely pure suddenly gets bit by the vampire and blood starts to go down her back. I couldn't take it. I couldn't watch this pure girl actually get taken over and I just, I had to walk out of the theater. Oh, wow. And my friends are all going, oh, no, the movie's almost over. You can't leave right now. Mm. I said, I can't take it. I can't watch it. And uh, But I've gotten to the place now. this book actually is the kind of thing. It's, it's like a, a book that I, I read. It, there are three things I usually avoid is, is uh, gore. You know, lots of life. If you measure the blood and quartz, I'm not really interested. Mm. And then profanity and I forget the third one on top of my head, but there was a book that had all three, but it was so well told I couldn't take my eyes off of it, so I really <laughs> loved it. And I'm not the way with this book. Yes, the devil's in there, but it, the, the story is so gripping and so compelling and so unusual. I, you know, like I said, him telling the truth to me still gets me. I just, Wait, I just look at it and go, "Whoa!" It, it, it's interesting you bring that that up about about profanity and gore and, and things of that nature. It was, um, it was very important to me that we kept this book rated teen. Uh, it would, it would have been so easy. To go over the top with, you know, the what the superpowers of the devil and the blood and the guts and, and you know, screaming different profanities and things of that nature. But to me, it, there and don't get me wrong, there's definitely violence in the book. Uh, there are certain scenes that are graphic, but at the same time, it doesn't break that teen rating. Um and to me, that helps with not not only with the, the the wider scope of the audience that can enjoy the book, but also the unknown is scary. So if you if you have somebody that that rips somebody's head off, yes, it's gory and yes, it's scary. But is it more scary to just find a headless body on the floor kind mm-hmm. of thing? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's it it was definitely uh very important to me that we keep this we we don't make this very gory, 
due to the fact that it can turn people off, but it also, it, to me, it, it seemed a, a cheaper way to, to, to fulfill kind of that, that void by making it overly gory. So I wanted to, not, not necessarily more artistically, but I definitely wanted to keep it toned down. It's dramatic. That's yes. the thing to me. We don't necessarily, you know, as my, my brother always says, punching and kicking. We don't need a lot of punching and kicking going on. It's suspenseful. I, I, like I said, I don't know what you're going to do. And so I have to turn the page to find out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why when I get to the end of one of your issues, I'm like, oh, no, that's the end. <laughs> I, thought the book, I was hoping the book would be longer. More <laughs> going on in so it, it's one of those books that it's, it, it's really gripping. And I like that word because I really feel like the eyes are reaching out and grabbing me and saying, look, look, don't take mm-hmm. your eyes off this, which is really just an amazing book. I just have to say it's... It, it's. I, I looked at it first, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I'm never going to want to read this book." <laughs> but then, when I, like I said, I, I I bought it from you the first time I saw it. And the next day, I came back to your booth, and I said, "I I really like this." And I told you some of the things we've already talked about about the, the him telling the truth all the time. Right. Still, still gets me. I hate to tell you that it's, one of these days he's going to lie and I'm going to go. There it is. There finally. it is. There, there. It is. I knew he'd do it sometime, but I, he may never do that the way this book is going. So you never well, you, know. you're just going to have to to stay tuned to find out kind of keep thing. Keep reading. So. Keep reading. That's yes. what we got to do. <laughs> so it, it's a great book. It's called The Devil Within. And as I, as I mentioned, you can go Devil Within. Uh, see, that's Devil Within Comic, right? Yep. DevilWithinComic.com. Devil Com- mm-hmm. All right. Other social media, if we want to keep up with, with this stuff. What yep. So do? so uh, across uh, Facebook, we are still at Devil Within Comic. That's kind of the branding that we went with. So we're Devil Within Comic on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter's a little different because of the character limit so it's devil underscore within underscore to find us on there um but we usually post mainly on facebook and instagram are the two places that you'll find the most content from us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this, um, at the end of uh one of the books you've got the, the, the thank you to people who help with the, the kickstarter if people want to keep up with your Kickstarter stuff, how do they do that? Is it Devil Within? Is that the thing to do? Yeah. So, so whenever we're going to do a Kickstarter, whenever we're going to do a pre-sale, we'll either do it. We'll either announce it on the Facebook page, the website, or Instagram as well. We'll post a lot. We usually do a lot of um, graphics that'll that'll be updates on Instagram, so you'll see the pictures with text that'll tell you what's going on. But yeah, we, when we do the Kickstarters, there's always an option for people who donate to get their name printed in the book. Because the book wouldn't happen without them. So it's very important that we give credit to the people that got us there, that helped support us. And we always want to keep those names. Uh, I, even when we do the graphic novel, we're going to keep those names uh, printed in there because it wouldn't have happened without them. And we're so grateful for everybody that, that has helped us out. I have to say, would you get to the end of issue three, that last page, I gasped out loud. <laughs> Fantastic. I so I, that's, I, if you like to be surprised, if you like to be you know, engaged and intrigued about this stuff, this is uh, this is the devil like I haven't seen him before. It's really something really, really good. So I, I really have to say that this is just one of those books that uh, I'm going to keep track of. I, indie comics, sometimes people say, oh, no, indie comics, nobody reads that. Mm-hmm. And I say, you really ought to be. And some, I'm going to start adding this to the list of books. You would think indie comics are no good. Try this one and see. Oh, if the, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's really, really good. So, um, are there other projects for yours that we should be aware of? I, you said this is your first comic. I, I'm anxious to see a second one. But uh, what other things are you doing that we should be aware of? Sure. Um, so so right now, there, there have been other things that I've done. I, I have a um, a 10-page uh, mini comic that I'm trying to get uh, published somewhere. So that that hopefully will be coming soon to, to be accepted. I, I wanted to branch out and actually try to get a publishing credit from one of the other publishers. So um, that is something I'm still working on. I do have another story in mind to start. Um, it's just a matter of funding. That That's that's the only thing that's really been keeping me back is, um, as, as you probably saw, there's a lot that has been poured into not only the comic book, but the presentation at comic book conventions, the additional merchandise, uh, advertising, things of all that nature have kind of taken its toll on budgetary type of things. So I'm trying to get to a place to where I can start these other projects, but I do have other stories in mind. Uh, like I said, this was my first comic book experience, and I can firmly say that I'm hooked. Uh, so I'm going to be making comics for for a long time because <laughs> it's it's one of the most exciting things to get 
that artwork back of what was in your head on the page and see it for the first time, there's there's no other feeling like that. So it, the first time I saw that, it was something that really stuck with me and I loved it. I've always loved comics. So there will be more coming. There's just really not that much to announce quite yet. Okay, so patience. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to do Chris, you're not the only one that's hooked. I, I, I want to know what you're going to do next. I, I, I've got to see that. So I'm going to be paying attention and keeping track of it. It's so one thing a Pantheon or a, a Patreon does is it, you get messages all the time to keep you up to date, which is something I like. But uh, the, the website's a place to check it and go and, and follow you on all the social media and do those kinds of good things. It's just great stuff, and I just can't wait. I'm I'm dying to see what else you've got in mind. It's just going to be something interesting. It's, it's going to be something that I haven't read before, which, like I said, somebody with as, as much experience as I have, I can read something new. I'm just always, I treasure it. Cause oh, well, it's just, thank it's you. Great. I appreciate that. It's just great stuff. So, well, all I can say, man, is keep it up. And well, let's talk with you again. Maybe when issue number four is about to hit. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. We'll talk about that. And then I can, uh, we can get the word out on that as well. So uh, look for, it's called The Devil Within again. Do not miss this book. It, it's something that is going to yeah. – my brother has an expression, grab you by the short and curlies and not let go. <laughs> and that's the way I am with this book. You made issue three available to me. When I got to the end, it still wasn't long enough, and I was going, Doc. <laughs> well, like I said, but that, that last page, I was stunned. I was very stunned. I was did not expect that at all. So I, I love to be surprised. I love that more than I can say. But uh, anyway, Devil Within, again, the Devil Within, go Devil Within comic. Com. Look on Comixology. There's going to be good stuff out there. And if you want to buy the the posters and stuff, posters are good money makers. And the hat looks kind of fun to wear too. I think that'd be good, a good hat for the winter. Yes, colder weather. yes. <laughs> it's probably be funny in the in the comics sometimes. You see somebody walking around with that hat on. That would be funny to see. So I don't know, just something. I don't know why I think that's funny, but I do. But anyway, uh, you know, keep it up, man. And I, Dan, it's just such a great thing. I just I love what you're doing, and I want to see more. So you know, please keep it up. Yes. Well, th- thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the platform to come on here and talk about my book. Uh, very much. Thank you. And yes, you'll absolutely see more from me. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this week. Be sure to be back next time when I'll have another great interview with yet another terrific comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. 